0: what is up wrestling fans welcome to episode number 630 of the smart moment smack talk podcast hot tags of the week the final one of the year the final podcast that we're doing for this year before we switch over to the new year so thank you for joining us for that and you know if you don't know who we are you're brand new to this i'm tony mango joined by robert e felice hey hey and Callum wiggins
1: guess we're not doing a post show for world's end then
0: Oh yeah, technically that would be. <laughs> yeah, I that that's
1: Tony's uh... been
2: trying to like
1: brush the end of this year. This year so will then... never end. It will never end as long as we keep talking. Well, The world
2: is ending, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. The uh, world's end, you know. It's all going to come crashing down. It's going to hurt it's gonna inside. Hurt inside? <laughs> I keep forgetting that World's End's December thirtieth and not like January third or something. That's you know, my uh, today doesn't feel like a Friday to me. I'll say that.
2: I'll, I'll <laughs> say this legitimately. We might be in for one of the most packed weeks of all of wrestling, just in general.
0: You got World's End. We got all this New Year's knockout stuff. We're going to be doing our predictions Wrestle for Kingdom, like Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, week. Thursday. <laughs> That's a stupid joke. I thought it was would be funny. Anyway, as we uh, go ahead and we tell you what we think about all these hot tags, obviously we want to know what you have to say too. So drop your thoughts in the comment section below. And while you're doing that over there on YouTube, click on all the good buttons that you see on there. Click on the join button. That'll give you access to the same stuff as the Patreon. So if you want the dark cast for all the previous episodes, because you don't just get the most recent one, you get all of them. When you do that, if you want to do the pick of poisons here, that's where you can do it. click on the little thanks button, too, if you want to toss a little spare change our way. Redbubble and TeePublic is where you can pick up some merchandise. It's completely free to make sure that you are subscribed to this channel and to hit that little like button on there, too. And, yes, we will be doing a post-show for World's End, so double-check that you have your email alerts set up, too. That way, when we go live, you'll get that little pop-up, and that way you can join us and chat along with us as we run down the pay-per-view and all, which we will have to talk about some updates to the card. Among many other things we have in the hot tags here, so um, where you guys want to start? Anywhere in particular? We got a lineup of a couple different things.
1: And you so <laughs> were a girl. What? Where are we starting? He- <laughs> we, no, you're saying that he's got he's got the sheet in front of him. You, I know uh, yeah, about it before technically. The, before I, it started, but like, I can't remember what you said like five <laughs> minutes ago, so that's so, so let you be in uh, control. So
0: there you go. I'll copy and paste that in Skype so you guys can see you know, it.
2: Well, because it was the, where we left off, let's start with the additions to the World's End card.
0: That sounds like a good idea. So we do know some changes for World's End that we hadn't talked about on the predictions because obviously they had not aired dynamite yet and some of the stuff was still up in the air and they've sorted out the tba people and uh you know they've added some more matches to the card as we expected so some of the differences that we have going on the tag title match that had been previously scheduled where it was chris jericho and kenny omega going up against big bill and ricky starks omega's out we've known that he's going to be dealing with diverticulitis so they needed to do something else and we were talking about the idea that maybe it was going to be like kota abushi would come in tag with jericho or whatever instead they have decided to make that an eight-man tag team match and it's going to be ricky stark's big bill konosuke Takeshita, and powerhouse hobbs against chris jericho staying darby allen and what happened on the dynamite episode Don Cowell's family had these paintings for everybody. And it led into, you know, long story short, Sammy Guevara returning, being like, hey, uh, you know, screw you, pal. And reforming Les Sex Gods with Chris Jericho. So the whole setup of Jericho being, you know, a target for Sammy Guevara, we didn't end up really getting it. They just went back to the status quo. So Jericho and Sammy, Sting and Darby, against Don Cal's family group and uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. It's a generic match instead of a tag title match because you couldn't obviously do that. And, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You get a lot of people on the card and all. I thought originally that uh, Kyle Fletcher was in this match. I thought I had him written down even. But according to Wikipedia, it's Takeshita and Hobbs. They, they
1: originally had him on the graphic because I knew it would be Kyle Fletcher, but they seemingly switched it. The okay. next day say was Takeshita instead
0: which I am more down for Takeshita and Hobbs than Fletcher in there. I'm not as big of a fan of uh, Fletcher compared to the other two, but it's be fun. A lot of good talented people in there. Thumbs up.
2: Lots of fun here. I was hoping that the absence of Takeshita meant that he was going to win another match that was added to the card that we'll talk about shortly, but it seems that they want to go with Takeshita here. That's cool. I don't love that they were just like, fuck it. Let's go back to Sammy and Jericho as a team. But hindsight 2020, should have seen that coming. Um, yeah, I think this will be fun and good for to Get on the Long Island show.
1: Yeah, the match itself will be fun. I'm kind of on the same, same wavelength as Rob is saying that the whole Sammy Guevara heel turn was just an un mitigated flop because well yeah, he turned heel. He was realistically only heel for a week and a half. Yeah. Turned on Jericho and then had one match with him and then got concussed and now is now is just back to being aligned with Jericho again. That's just a little bit it's a little bit disappointing but hey ho, that's kind of just the way things go. There's just been a lot of injuries <laughs> that affected this and other matches on the on the card. So I guess I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation.
0: The random uh, Snow White that you'd popped up there. Hey-ho, that's just the way the things go. (laughs) That took me by surprise. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is the type of thing that... I I don't look at this as negatively as some other things where, like, the Ring of Honor show was like, oh my god, nothing's planned in advance. They gotta switch things up, and they ended up going with a lineup now that looks like it's a good replacement.
2: I dare say, I I would... I pitched this a lot for Sting and Darby, but I would have made this a fatal four-way tag and just put Sting and Darby over. I would have had them be champions, even if it was for three days. I would have had them be champions.
0: Just put the belts on the line and have, instead of it being like the heels against the faces, it's like the four teams.
2: Yeah, four teams, and then Sting and Darby win, and it's cool because Sting has a championship for a couple days. It's a fun moment, you know? Fun end of the year. Yay! Like, I don't think more people need that.
0: I wouldn't have been opposed to that. We do know now that the Continental Classic tournament final is going to be Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. We were basically assuming that that was going to be the case. So,
2: Man, I don't
0: think it really changed any of our opinions, right?
2: I'm sorry, but I that whole show, I'm just like, come on, Switchblade. Come on, Dragon. <laughs> like, the whole... Look, I like Eddie Kingston. I just don't think that he is what everyone else seems to think he is. I think Eddie Kingston's a great character for, like, the next couple years. But you've got this young stud in Jay White. You know, you've got this guy who can be on top for decades to come. I just, I get that we're giving everybody their flowers. That seems to be the theme in AEW right now. But I really wanted Jay White to win this thing.
1: I mean, uh, I was assuming that Swerve would be the guy that would be um cow-pulled with this one, but they've gone in a different direction with him, which is totally fine. I think that this match is just going to be a lot of fun. It's two guys that know each other really well and they're going to have an absolute war in the ring. So I think it's, yeah, that's like, as options go, I think it's a pretty solid one to round it off. It tells a good story. And, yeah, the promo segment they cut after Kingston defeated Danielson is really, really helped sell this match like as, as an intense brawl between two people that... Are very familiar with each other, and Moxley getting in the head of Kingston, saying like, well, you, I've, "You've never beaten me. You've pretty much already lost before you've even started this match." And Kingston refuting that profusely is just like, "Yeah, this this is going to work out. I think this is going to be a super fun match." I also really liked um, they did a uh, Twitter video of Danielson following by like, one of his post match thing, and him just bursting into tears about the loss, and just him talking about how desperate he is to win a championship in AEW which he hasn't been able to do so far and whether he has a right to still call himself the best in the world if he can't get over the line and win these big ma- these big matches when they count. Uh that that could serve as an interesting catapult into what his the remainder of his time in AEW looks like.
2: I am so down for more pro wrestlers to do that. I've talked about it on this podcast before. I love championship-centric pro wrestling and the idea that you should want to be champion. I think one of the biggest problems with Danielson is that we know too well that he doesn't give a shit about putting himself over anyone. So there's always like that, Brian probably won't win because he doesn't need to. You know, and it's like, yeah, I I was all for him potentially holding the Ring of Honor title one more time, and they went in the direction they went. I fully see Eddie Kingston winning, but this was a really great promo.
0: Yeah, I'm even more so now thinking Kingston wins, but I guess we'll figure it out tomorrow. That Hook and Wheeler Uta match was moved to the pre-show, but they also announced another pre-show match, a 20-man battle royal the winner getting a TNT title matched in the future. Nobody's been announced man. to it yet. So that's like, you know, we're flying blind as far as I think this person will win necessarily. And we obviously don't even know who's going to be TNT champion because it could be edge. It could be Christian. Then anybody can win. Cause they've shown in the past that like anybody can win these battle royals and all, whether they do, like an action Andretti in a random match on Dynamite, they've done it before. They've given it to somebody on the lower end. And then they've also given it to people where it's like, you know, hangman Adam Page wins these things. So anybody's guess is as good as anybody else's, unless they start announcing the people, it's yeah, you know, you're you're flying blind. But maybe it's like uh somebody specifically for copeland or cage like that they really want to move to the next thing i don't know but i like battle royals so i'm down for that
2: so they have not yet announced ftr versus black and buddy which means to me hey buddy would make a hell of a match for either edge or christian as would malachi there's also all the Lucha guys who I'm sure can fly around the, either one of those two and have a really good match. And then there's like, I'm sure people would groan because it's 2024 in a couple of days, but like Jeff Hardy can win this, you know? And this could be a cheap way to get Jeff Hardy versus either Edge or Christian.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there, there's a lot of options here
1: and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a fun little battle royal, depending on who's in it, but they've got 20 men to choose from, so I'm sure they'll be able to stack it with enough talent. I think the obvious one that hasn't been mentioned yet is that Killswitch wins the battle royal. Could definitely be him. Could be Nick Wayne. I'm leaning towards either Killswitch or Nick Wayne at the moment.
2: I hear you. But hear me.
1: Jeff (laughs) Jarrett. No?
2: I hear you. I heard. I heard. I just don't want
1: to respond to it.
0: (laughs) But but hear me, Repo Man. I mean,
2: I'm pretty sure in Callum's eyes they're the same (laughs) person.
0: So there are three more matches I think that they had added. Uh, One of them being Swear of Strickland against Keith Lee. They're finally getting around to doing that months too late in my book. Months. Yeah.
2: Try a year, bro. (laughs) Like
0: that's many months. I don't care about this anymore. Swerve has to win, will win. Keith Lee's not what he used to be. And the fact that they're just doing this now is just kind of like, I don't know why they waited so long. And then they just went, I don't know, let's do that one.
2: I think they made a mistake by not, I don't know if Keith Lee wasn't around or whatever, but I think Keith Lee should have absolutely cost Swerve the match. I think these two should be like, sean and hunter in 2004 where it's on site doesn't matter what they're doing storyline wise the minute they lock eyes in any situation they're fighting
1: you couldn't cost in the match there's no interference allowed in common or classic matches it's a th- but it's a triple threat so just because it's not dq there's still the rule in place that you can't interfere the interference the interference rule is the base that's well, in case anyone interferes, they're fired from the company. So Okay, Couldn't. fine,
2: I hear you. But that bell should have rang and then Keep We should have pounced sort of trickling into the crowd. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there should have been like some level of intensity. I I get what you're saying, and I know that the the history and what the fans know will carry it, but I would have liked to see a little more gas in the fire.
1: I mean, I think I think this is fine. We all know what the result is gonna be, so we just have to hope that the match is good. I don't think that um, doing it super sooner would have made it significantly better because Swerve should have won either way. So, so yeah, it's just, it's cool to finally put some kind of, like, you end the year putting a a ribbon on this.
0: Oh, it's a ribbon match. Any
2: guesses on whether we (laughs) see uh, Parker or Trench?
0: I would hope not. Yeah, Swerve's got to win this. He will, he should, you know, the way okay, that that is. Good. He's got to win. Uh, Miro against Andrade is another match that they added on here, and since I haven't been paying much attention to this feud, it's kind of a a nothing thing for me, but the bits and pieces that I've watched, I haven't liked. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, I'd argue you're better off going into this, not having seen the story leading up to it. It looks like it. Hey, look
2: at that. Usually it's us telling Callum
1: that. You see how (laughs) that works? But um, yeah, this is, it's a pretty dumb story about how CJ wants to be managing Miro. Miro doesn't want to manage, be managed by CJ, but then he wants to attack everyone that CJ manages. So he just doesn't want CJ managing at all. Like essentially Miro doesn't want CJ there at all, but CJ wants to be there and Miro's trying to, and they're still married somehow. Like, through all of this, like, beside the, the guy saying, oh, yeah, you can't manage anybody, and I don't want you in, a, in, a, right in the wrestling business. See you at home, honey. That kind of that kind of weird dynamic. Um, and Miro's going to win this match because Miro doesn't lose matches. That's I've said like... this
2: before. Um, CJ has said this stuff in interviews where she's like, yeah, that's just how Miro is. Like, he didn't want her competing in Money in the Bank matches, and she got to do stuff like that when he was fired. <laughs> Um, I I don't love that we're spotlighting this story. I'll say it again; it's just super awkward for me, and this isn't really my cup of tea. I hope they have a bang of raj but either way, I can't imagine this will be too consequential.
0: Why are we oh, doing me. a cuck story?
2: <laughs> we're not. No, no, story. that's what they did. That's what Get they did it. over there.
1: there's absolutely no, there's no romantic interest between Andrade and CJ. No, I mean, it it doesn't
0: come off to me like a romance between Andrade and CJ comes across to me, like a variation of a cuck story where it's like, Miro wants to have other dudes steal some attention from CJ and for him to kind of look bad. And I'm like, (laughs) the more that those things happen with Miro and CJ, the more I'm
1: like, Is that a thing for them? I mean, that's definitely not how the story's going.
2: I mean, I think he's just, I think what Tony's trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is he thinks that they like storylines where she's with other dudes. Yeah. Because he says no and she defies him.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not their call for necessarily doing like the Bobby Lashley story but they've had multiple like Ziggler being with her and Lashley with her and whatever. And now if he's got creative control and he's like, I know the story I want to tell is we have marriage issues (laughs) and whatever. It's kind of like, uh, it gives me that uh, impression that maybe you're into that a little bit. I don't know, but I don't, I don't want that on my uh, screen necessarily for a few. They're
2: doing a good job of it. Not being, Hey, she's got the hots for Andrade or vice versa. And they're they're keeping it professional, but either way, I don't like any variation. Whatever lens you look at it, I don't like this story. If CJ was going to come in, manage Redeemer Miro, and kind of be like, he's, you know, his control, where, all right, he's killing a guy, and she tells him to get off and yeah. then, he, then he does and then, then he's like
0: I can only get off if." <laughs> <And then> they. <laughs>
2: that, that's one thing but like this story because remember the story they were telling originally was my wife only wants a champion she's kicked me out of my house because I lost the TNT title and then suddenly she shows up and he's like you're not real just kidding I just don't want you here none of it makes sense and I've lost a lot of interest in the Miro character
0: Yeah, I'm not digging it. And yeah, to me, I it's think. like flip a coin. You know, like Andrade can win and make uh
1: No, he can't. Because <laughs> Miro, Miro doesn't, doesn't lose, lose matches. Because Miro doesn't lose matches.
0: I mean, if he is saying, like, I refuse to lose and the behind did the scenes... How he get and, that
2: de- if that is true, how did he get that deal?
1: <laughs> Where he's just like...
0: The whole Kogan deal?
2: Because
1: they, they decided to sign him for, on a five-year contract. And he's been obviously away for a good portion of that. But now he's back, and he's basic. It's basically common knowledge now. It's in all reports and things of that ilk that he refuses to job. So, unless it's like a big, a big deal, like he sees himself as like a main boss character. Where like if you lose, it has to be after a really long time against someone. Like the TNT title, eventually had to lose the TNT title, and they but he had a long run with it, and they told the story of his neck gradually deteriorating, so Sammy Guevara could eventually get the victory over him. So that's like yeah, that's a long-term story, and that's that's an appropriate time to job. This is just like the first match in a well, the first match in a storyline which hasn't really been going anywhere or hasn't got had much to it because Andrade's been too busy on the Continental Classic. So of course, Miro's not gonna lose this one. He didn't lose to Powerhouse Hobbs, even though Hobbs is the was the right c- call to make because Hobbs is the one who's got more long term potential in the company. So he's not gonna lose to Andrade. Andrade wants by all accounts wants out as much as Miro does. So, <laughs> so, so what what's we're a,
2: saying is. Miro wins here in about 15 months. Andrade and Charlotte beat Lana at WrestleMania or something.
0: <laughs> Oddball uh, scenarios. Um, but this makes perfect sense. The other match that they added to the card, the all-star eight-man tag team match, where all the people that were in the Continental Classic that didn't really make it, are basically being thrown in together. And it's like, all right, cool. You got Claudio, Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia against Jay White, Jay Lethal, and two other people named Jay, Roosh and Birdie King. It's the, you know, combine those people and toss them in there and yeah, good talent. They're going to have a good match. Doesn't mean anything, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, this is just like a fun little... Uh, New japan style tag match that they would throw together after the g G1 or something of that ilk. So, yeah, this is what I wanted to see, just to put some of those great guys on the card. And I'm interested in the the most interesting thing for me beyond the match itself. It doesn't really matter who wins. You can go either way. But it's the configuration of the teams. Because I would have anticipated, based on what I've seen in the build-up to it, that Garcia would be on the heel side and Roosh would be on the babyface side. It's interesting that Roosh is on Rouge is on the heels and Garcia's on the baby face too.
2: See, I would have just went with a simple blue versus gold.
0: Yeah, that's what it would have been like the easier way of doing it.
2: But I think I think the long-term plan here is to get Garcia in front of Danielson and to maybe maybe they specifically take an interest in Garcia and they're like, No, no more dancing. You are a wrestler you're
0: going to wrestle. I think yeah. that the uh, results, as far as like just predictions go, it could go either way, and it's perfectly fine. But I think uh, I would personally rather see the Danielson side win.
2: I would as well, and I think they're going to.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think baby faces will win that one. When usually, when it's one of those ones, you can kind of throw in the air. I usually tend to lean towards the baby faces.
0: And then I think that that's all the additions that they've done to, to the card, if I remember
1: correctly? Yep, for the time being. At least, Obviously, yeah, there's no collision. So, yeah, no collision. I still expect
2: a woman's uh, tag match to be added so that Stat and Willow can compete in their home down. But that's about
0: it. Against uh, that might be on the kickoff
1: against um, like, Sky uh, Blue and um, we well, can't be Julia because Julia's defending the title. right, and it probably won't uh, be Sky either because of her probably being out there for the match.
2: Either what did I say on the other predictions of those two against Mercedes Diamante and put Rosa and Sky on either end. Uh,
1: that's right. I mean, they just yeah, oh yeah, you could do that. But say they just had that that blow off street fight between them, so I don't know if they'll go back to that that soon.
0: Well, let's yeah, pivot over it's a, it's a to uh,
1: and
2: yeah. a lot
0: of fun. And they added some more good stuff to the card and instead of it being like a bunch of nonsense for the sake of it. This These things make sense to be on the card. Make sense instead of nonsense. Look at that. Uh, let's switch to New Japan discussion and get into two of the little topics that we well Not too little uh, topics, but uh, two topics based off of New Japan, one of them being and this is something you guys are going to definitely have to fill me in more on. Um, but Hiroshi Tanahashi was named president and representative director of new Japan. What does that technically mean as far as that position of power? Does that put him in like a sort of like Adam Pierce type role? Is it actually just fully behind the scenes or is it like, uh, like an air kind of thing?
1: He's the president of new Japan pro wrestling now.
0: Like the ipso facto, he's top.
1: legitimately the president of
2: New like,
0: So he's like in control of everything in the sense of like Tony Khan It's for AEW
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: but not being the like financial backer.
1: No, correct. That's Bushy Road. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's
1: but, pretty. Um, neat. Yeah. Um, well, essentially, there's been a lot that's come out in the the days following the announcement. Obviously, that's a it's a big deal that a on air talent who will still be wrestling, and he's already said that, that he will still be wrestling. He's still, I mean, he's still a champion in New Japan at the moment. So, um, and he still in, has plans on the world title and everything like that. So, I guess it might be easier to do now that he's president. That he can just make those matches and just say, "Hey, I'm, this week I'll also give myself a shot at the <laughs> New Japan World Championship." But, um, but I think that, um, yeah, it, it is an interesting choice. Like, there's nobody. In the company right now, that is more New Japan than Tanahashi, so it makes sense in that regard. It's harking back to the times of um, uh, Anoki being the the president of New Japan. So, so there has a so there's a lot of resonance there. But more interesting that's come out is just how the former president um, was his name Uh, Takami Obari, has um is that he was quite unpopular among certain people in New Japan Pro Wrestling, one of them most notably being Okada, who, by at least by what the uh, Wrestling M7 newsletter said in their most recent issue, kind of uh, pushed for his removal from the company. So maybe this is one of the steps that they've taken to ensure that Okada re-signs with New Japan Pro Wrestling by having the having a new person in the presidency position someone who is like very well respected and has a wrestler's insight and probably understands Okada's worth more than uh, Abari who apparently that was like one of the big talking points was that he didn't understand wrestling as well as potentially should do considering you're the president of a pro wrestling company and that he didn't really understand the the value that Okada had for New Japan which is bizarre considering he's their biggest their biggest name.
0: But even if you don't get wrestling, you should be able to look at the numbers.
1: I think there was something I've heard about because there seems to be like this whole Bougie Road thing just is seems to be like a bit of a, a madhouse behind the scenes. With um the previous president, I can't remember um that guy's name off the top of my head, but when he was brought in, he like didn't seem to understand the concept of why there were heels in wrestling. Was it Harold May that was? Like... Yeah, Harold May. That's it. Yeah, Um, yeah. Th- th- at least that I heard that stuff like from yes, other like yeah, podcasts and gets... Yeah, they just didn't understand. Like, basically, his basic argument was, "Why don't we just make all of our wrestlers baby faces and put super popular guys that sell merchandise?" It's like. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, <laughs> That's funny. I hate
0: these types of people getting yeah. control of companies these days and just not other, understanding how anything like works.
1: should be, yeah, people should be like the people in charge of wrestling companies should know at least, of, or at least have a desire to learn about pro wrestling in order to get an understanding of it. But, but yeah, now you have a guy in charge who definitely gets professional wrestling probably better than anybody in New Japan right now. That's the guy that you want leading the company or at least leading it from a a symbolic stature, if nothing else. I th- I think that's great, yeah. So, yeah, okay. it'll it be interesting to see what direction uh, they end up taking under his under his direction. But it, sh- it should be, hopefully, at least more wrestler-focused or should help ease a few tensions behind the scenes. Because, as like I say, road both from the New Japan's perspective and... There have been some issues in stardom as well in terms of the, the scheduling and how much of a strain that's putting on their rosters' bodies because they've suffered a lot of injuries in the latter half of the year. Um, maybe this will take it into a more wrestler-focused and wrestler-beneficial direction. Cool. I'm We're curious to see
0: uh, like what the difference is between their point of view of like working with like uh you know, forbidden door and different things like, you know, there's going to be changes and that could be like way more for the better and stuff. And there, it could be, you know, kind of just the way that things are going as they normally go and whatever. But be curious to see what differences there are from my outsider's perspective. And as far as an outsider's perspective, you're going to hear that quite a bit here when we talk about our predictions for Wrestle Kingdom. So let's start breaking this down. We got 11 matches and um, you will hear my completely devoid of any rational um, analysis <laughs> on my end. And then these two guys are able to actually talk about what's going on. But the new Japan Rambo, of course on the pre-show, nobody's been announced that I can see, but is there anybody standing out to you guys that could potentially win that?
1: Um, Well, the way they usually do this, the Rambos, these days are to determine who's going to be competing for the King of Pro Wrestling Championship at New Year Dash, which is their. uh, So what will happen is that the people, there won't be one winner of this match, there'll be four winners of this match. Because the, well, if they follow the pattern they have done in previous years, the the inaugural King of Pro Wrestling for 2024 is determined in a fatal four-way match at New Year's Dash. So I imagine I'm just looking at the you kind of have to go based on the people who aren't already booked in matches. And I would assume that one of those four will be the current King of Pro Wrestling champion, which is Taichi will probably be one of the four people that wins this. Um, Shingo Takagi, I would say, has a good shot of doing it because he's not involved in any of these ones yet. Oh, actually, no, yeah, he's on the card title. Yeah, sorry. I forgot that he's a champion at this point. I'm, tr- I'm trying to avoid that match. Um uh maybe Toriano. He's not involved in anything and he's usually he he was the inaugural King of Pro Wrestling champion, so he's usually a safe bet for this one. Um got guys like Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki that might be involved in it. You never know with some of the older guards. Um uh, maybe someone like uh maybe Gabe Kidd and Clark on not Clark Connors, um uh, what's his name? Alex Coughlin, the War Dogs, of Bullet Club would be involved in this.
0: Well, Clark Connors yeah. is uh, already on the card.
1: Yeah, I'll say Alex no, Coughlin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said I said because uh, yeah, there's like a few of them that are a bit like somewhat interchangeable, but uh, yeah, I'd say gave Kid could be a good option for this one. Um, trying to think of anyone else that's like stand out, like maybe Show or. Uh, Kanemaru from the House of Torture. Yeah, I mean, as I it's it's pretty much like a bit of a crapshoot, but there's twenty pe- there's probably going to be 20 people involved, and uh, the top four could be pretty much anybody. The King of resting title was just their gimmicky little belt, so it, do- it doesn't really matter who's involved or who's competing for it, certainly your dash, in the grand scheme of things.
2: Yeah, I, I'm way more in the Tony camp this year. hmm <laughs> 'Cause I've watched as much new Japan. So I'm gonna say I like what Callum is saying and she will probably keep it in the end.
0: There is an uh, IWGP Junior heavyweight tag title match, Clark Hotter is in Drill Maloney against T J P and Francesco Acura. Catch two is it catch twenty two or is it catch two? dash two or I believe it's, uh,
2: catch too, it? I mean, it's
0: supposed to be catch 22, i I'm assuming but I don't know why yeah, they've got the two it. dash two um, I don't know anything about it so I don't know Bull club war dogs win
2: <laughs> I would uh, like these belts to go away
1: but Bold club war dogs win I mean there's an argument that to go away. I'd argue that this is actually probably one of the best built matches on the entire show in terms of actually like a good, a good feud leading into this. Um, so I'd say that um, you're probably going to have Catch 2-2 win the titles back. They lost them to uh, the Bullet Club War Dogs around about the summer of this year. They'll probably win it back. That's been like the build-up towards it. It should be a super fun match. These two teams have had some really good matches over the past year. So and as I say, I'm not a huge fan of having the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles around when they don't really put a, lot, a huge amount of focus on the actual tag championships in general anyway, but... This would this be a fun opener for the show.
0: Because it is pretty much going to go in this order, right? That's what they usually do.
1: Yeah, yeah. The order that you see is going to be the order of the show.
0: So that would mean the next step would be the World Television Title Match Zack Sabre Jr. against Toreshi Tanahashi. Look at that. He booked himself in a match. <laughs> but, uh, I'd assume Zack Sabre Jr. would retain, but then again, I don't know what's going on. So is this looking more like Tanahashi would be the new champion, or is it just kind of like we got to figure out a spot for him on the card, and that makes sense.
1: I think I think it's probably more of the latter, but that's not to say that Tamahashi is. it's unlikely for him to win. So that's how Junior won this title a year ago and has held it ever since. So he won it at the last year's Wrestle Kingdom, so he's going into it after a year-long reign with the title. So you would think that there might be a possibility that he drops it now. It's just that he always comes back to the inaugural message that behind the television championship was supposed to be aimed towards younger wrestlers and a more fast-paced style. And then you're putting... And then it's against Tanahashi, who is, you know... fast pace is probably not one of the words in his vocabulary right now. Uh, this should be... As I, I say, it should be fine. It should be a very good match. But these two wrestle so often. I think this is the 11th or 12th time they've wrestled in New Japan in singles match. It's like it feels like very much just a control exercise rather than trying to push anyone particularly new or interesting into this position.
0: Mm.
1: So, so, but yeah, I could easily see Tanahashi win it just because Zach's held it for a very long time and they might decide, okay, we'll go from one. And and realistically, if you're going to push Zach's over junior to a higher level, then he probably shouldn't be attached to this title too much longer. And I think that there should be an argument to make that Zack Jr. should be fighting for the world title more consistently, or at least be positioned more as a main eventer in New Japan moving forward. He's done a lot of good job to establish this title. So passing on to Tanahashi, who can just hold it for a month or two before passing it on to someone else might make a lot of sense. So I probably would lean towards Tanahashi winning, but Zach is probably the, the right choice, but they might just go with Tanahashi just to change it up. I'm going to go Zach, but
2: I do agree with what you're saying that uh she could win, but he won't be champion for long, but I'm going to say Zach keeps it.
0: This is a very uh stupid question to just ask. Is there a Zach Saber senior?
1: I'm sure there is, you, but I Well, presumably it's a it's it's whoever what uh, Zach Saber Jr's real name is. Because his real name's Luke James. Luke James uh, Eatwell is his real name. So I presume Eatwell. his father hmm. his father has the same name and he just called himself Junior to carry on the thing.
0: Huh. Luke James Uggles Eatwell. That's hmm. a name. Uh, after that is Yotasuji against Yuyamura. I think I'm pronouncing that right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh I no fucking clue. <laughs>
1: So these are just two of the kind of younger guys in New <laughs> Japan that have been um, coming up this year. And they've just thrown them two together in a singles match, because why not? That's literally the the rationale behind this one. It's just like, ah, these two... We, we kind of have built these two up, but then we decided that we're not actually going to give them anything of substance on this card, so why do we just put them in a match?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I think Yoda Suji is... Tremendous. And I think he could be higher up on the card. And I think he's going to win easily.
1: Um, I think Suji should win this match. I don't think it's like a foregone conclusion. But, but yeah, hopefully at least they have a good... The most important thing is that they have a good showing, especially Umora, who has been one of the later arrivals back to New Japan after his excursion in uh, Team... TNA so I think um I think Suji should win and yeah just hope. hopefully it's a good match but there's really not not much riding on it at least not at the moment
0: there is a generic tag team match it seems house of torture against Shota Umino and Kaito Kiyomiya yep don't know uh Kiyomiya I know a little bit about Shota Umino um I know a little bit about Evil. I've been hearing some stuff about the uh, Red Narita that you guys have been mentioning here and there, but House of Torture is another blind thing for me. So, so just it's a blind
1: thing for everybody else. Mm.
0: <laughs> just kind of uh,
1: blah. There is, no, I mean, there is a story leading into this one. So Shota um, Rumino and Red Narita were teaming together in the World Tag League, and then they didn't win the World Tag League, and in one of the final matches, uh, Red Narita turned on Shota, and join the house of torture so that's added some fuel into this and then house of torture went over to noah and they assaulted kaioki Amira and a few other noah guys because kaioki not is a, is a noah wrestler he's not a new japan wrestler hmm. so uh so they decided to essentially attack on their turf and then kaioki Mir and some other new- noah guys invaded new japan to attack house torture and they helped out showrumino and so basically Shorumino and the kind of the main young face of Noah in Kyoki Amira are gonna be taking on house of torture here um again it should be fun I'm not I'm not a huge fan of house of torture in general particularly not evil and and yeah Renarita is a bit like bland like the idea is that he's supposed to be like the reincarnation of Shibata, but he's not as good as Shibata, not even at this age. Like He's a young guy, but Shibata was better than him at his age, and he he's lacking intensity. So, And I think joining the House of Torture isn't going to give him that intensity. That I think it's almost like them, I would say, holding up a white flag on him, red flag, well, holding up a flag on him and saying, okay, we're going to like switch it up and see if we can give him a personality by being in line with po- House of Torture. But... Either way, I don't think it's really working out for him as well as the other two. The other two um, Reiwa musketeers that they crowned earlier this year in Shota Umino and yosuji have a much higher ceiling than Ren Narita does. So I'd, I'd hope that Umino and Kiyomiya win here because I assume that Kiyomiya is probably going to join New Japan at some point in 2024 because Noah have absolutely screwed him in terms of his booking there. He should be like their definitive not just world i would say world champion all the time but should be their ace of their company and he just hasn't been given that responsibility for whatever reason
2: yeah i guess i don't want to see the house torture win anything so go shooter and give me a
0: think we're gonna get any title change with uh, the never open weight championship
2: Man, I don't care first of all, yeah, 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 this
1: this and this <laughs> is the match that I'm probably least interested in the entire show.
2: like I watched the match where uh, Takagi won the belt
1: from Tamatanga from Tamatanga, and like I don't care to see it again so soon hmm. and yeah, by the, way, mean, yeah, he only won the belt from Tamatonga like a month and a half ago
2: and by the way, fucking grow out the beard again. <laughs> Can we get like the the swagger back in Kamatanga? This clean shaven baby face thing don't do it for me. I don't know about you, Calum. But...
1: I mean, this is the this is the thing that a lot of people try, tend to do is say like, oh, he's super popular with the the Japanese audience, and obviously that's the one that matters the most because that's where they're based. But like just from an outside perspective who watches new japan semi-frequently he's like he just doesn't have anything about him like it's say like he had a bit of swag when he was part of Gritter's destiny i thought grills destiny were always an overrated tag team anyway but like he's he's a, he's a perfectly serviceable c-plus wrestler but they seem to always be positioning him as like a a B plus a minus type of guy like he just doesn't he just isn't at that level and I don't, especially at this stage in his career, I don't think he ever will be. Like, in his, he must be at least approaching his 40s. Oh, he's 41 now. Like, yeah, at that point, you just have to 41? go you one? Yeah. So at this point, at, at this stage, you just have to look at a guy and just go, okay, he's, he's hit his ceiling. There's not much more we're going to get out of this guy. He's not going to be a world champion. He's not going to be, like, a super top, top-level guy. So let's just... No, go back to Guerrilla to Destiny as a tag team, or do something else revolving around him. In the more of a tag team scene, or him being like a more a gatekeeper type guy to introduce some new guys and have some feud with them. But yeah, I think Shingo should should retain the title here. But yeah, as a match, this does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah. Did you
0: did you say uh, you think? Uh, Jenga wins, wins. There's a unification match. Winner takes all tag titles. IWGP tag titles and strong openweight tag titles. Bishamon against Gorillas of Destiny.
1: Speaking of matches that we saw very, very recently, I mean, this was the yeah. finals of the World Tag League, which took place about two or three weeks ago.
0: Three weeks ago, yeah. And they're just copying and pasting again.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, because Bishamon, who were the IWGP Tag Team Champions, won the World Tag League for the third year in a row and decided that they'll they'll take on again the guys they beat in the finals in order to take their titles from them. So um, do you think that this
0: is leaning towards them just kind of across the board getting rid of strong titles?
1: Potentially. I think this... I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens with the Triple Crown moving forward in this one. We don't know whether they'll just carry around both belts and defend them in different ways. I and mean, they're still doing shows in America moving forward because they're going to be doing... Um, Trisha Dora versus Julia at the next American show based on uh, what happened at the stardom show earlier today.
2: So the funny thing is, is as you mentioned that, I just realized there's a fucking chance that by the time we get to collision on next Saturday, that Mox has four titles. And now I'm thinking about like, Oh, are we getting rid of strong by merging it into that fucking
1: global thing that they're doing what are we doing i mean there might just be a case like the strong isn't as hasn't proven to be sustainable so they might just be taking these steps of unifying it here with the iwgp tag titles and then just moving on from it and it will just gradually strong will eventually just subside i mean you don't need it realistically unless you are going to have a a more permanent presence in the U.S., and if they're just coming back to just tour every now and again, like maybe once a a month or every two months or so, then I don't think you necessarily need to have a promotion dedicated to it anymore. So I'd say the likelihood is Bishamon win again here and take both titles. It wouldn't be out of the question for Hikaleo and El Fantasmo to win, but they'll probably go with a safer pair of hands.
2: How old's Hikaleo? I'm going to look. All
1: right,
2: two. All right, so there's there's still a lot that he can accomplish. Um, yeah, Bishamon win. I really like again, I this year more than any other the last six. I've been completely disconnected from New Japan, but I I imagine Bishamon would be better champions. I'm sorry.
0: El Desperado has a title match against Herumo Takahashi, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Another thing that I don't know anything about, so break it down. What's happening here?
1: <laughs> well, essentially it's the it's another default kind of thing for Ninja Power to so say, like, oh, here's our two most popular junior guys. Let's just put them in the match together because we can't think of anything more interesting. Um, so for the yeah, most this part,
0: is- this has been for like a Wrestle Kingdom show, the equivalent of when WWE's like I don't know, it's SummerSlam, and we had these people, we could just do that. Like it's not yeah, coming across yeah, as like the, a really solid show. It's just sort of all the default options.
1: Yeah, it does kind of feel like that. I mean, takahashi has been champion for most of the year. Again, like he's a he's a perfect like standard bearer for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. He's done a lot to hold on to it. I think he's probably gonna hold on to it here because they keep talk. well we'll talk about when we get to the main event but they keep talking about how he wants to fight with like tetsuya naito in the at the anniversary show for the world championship so we'll we'll see if that comes to fruition but i think that the likelihood is they'll have takashi retain here but you know Despie is is super popular in new japan as well so it's not the it's not the, not out of the question that he wins it back. These two have basically just been a log ahead to the title for the last two plus years. And some other guys have, at, have gone into the fray, but they really need to be like a freshening up of their of their junior division. It's really, really stagnant. And these two are just constantly positioned towards the top because, and I, I, in some ways I sympathise with New Japan because just nobody else is breaking through enough as a sta- an established enough name. But they also just like you need to find people to to fill those gaps. And you've got plenty of people that you've just um, kind of tied into your um, like the junior tag things. I mean, fucking TJP is stuck in the in the more in the tag team division. You could put him in there. They've got some other new guys coming through, like um, Callum Newman, uh, Will Ospreay's uh, protege, is now established in New Japan. So I imagine he'll be moving up the ranks when he starts to get things together uh you've got like Master Watto, who's still got who's who's done a lot of growing in the past year so he could definitely like step up to this level at some point. He had a, a good match with Takashi for the title early this year. So so there are people that potentially stepping up but they need to start like it's it's one of the big things in New Japan recently, they need to start moving on certain things. It just feels like a lot of things are in a holding pattern right now. They just seem hesitant to really push a lot of the newer, uh, interesting guys that they have in terms of favoring the status quo.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think it's I mean, going to be better under Tanahashi? Hopefully. Cause he understands. Yeah, I mean,
1: again, it's like he, he's the president and so he will have definitely power behind the scenes, but I don't know how much, how much of that is dictated by him and how much of that is, we will be dictated by Bushi road. So.
0: Well, three matches i can talk a little bit about <laughs> there's that iwgp global heavyweight championship three-way Will osprey versus john moxley versus david finley i don't anticipate what rob's just talking about of moxley coming into this holding three belts and then at all i mean i think that kingston's winning but even if that was the case, I don't think he would also win the global heavyweight championship, just carry four belts around. It's, you know, stranger things would happen. So it's not completely guaranteed that that wouldn't, but I would look at this and think if Osprey is switching over to AEW, he's probably not going to be wrestling for new Japan in a way that they would want to keep the belt on him. Doesn't mean that it's not a possibility, but I would think either Moxley wins this and continues to just kind of pop up for both companies or that they just go with the safe Finley's in the company. Let's give it to him option.
2: I'm going to say that the more I think about it, there's a good chance Mox does win on Saturday. And then again, on Thursday, and then it's Osprey versus Mox at Revolution. Or I'm gonna say they give it to Osprey. I think Finley is here to be a red herring. And everybody will think, well, Finley's the one guy here that isn't contracted to AEW. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Moxley wins, but if not Moxley, Osprey.
1: No, this um this match and just the whole introduction of the the, uh, global championship has um, irked a lot of hardcore New Japan fans who are already pretty, I don't say anti-AEW, but a a kind of feeling that they're getting the short end of the stick with this relationship with AEW most of the time. And this match is kind of a, a typification of that because you've got a guy that will be joining AEW very shortly, a guy that is firmly in AEW and... And then the the bastion for New Japan Pro Wrestling in this match is one of the least popular guys and the least uh compelling characters on the entire roster. Like David Finley's run as Bullet Club leader in New Japan has just been an absolute disaster. Like he just he doesn't have it. And the fact is he used to be used to actually be quite an interesting or like have a bit of spark about him, but then they as soon as he's joined Bullet Club, he's just tried to be Jay White. And he's not JY. He's just, I say, like he could, he should be who a heel version of David Finley, rather than trying to just cosplay as JY. And it just hasn't worked out well for him at all. But for some reason, the company is super behind him. And I think the the likelihood is they'll have him win this title here. I say I'd rather just from a, a like an interesting match standpoint to be one of the other two. But I think that they'll try and use this as another springboard for David Finley's future as the. Bullet club leader. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Finley. Wins the title here. What about you, Tony?
0: I I would think that it's probably going to be Finley. Like, depending on the contracts of Osprey and Moxley, if they do have any plans to continue working cross-promotionally, they would make more sense. But it's hard for me to not just assume that everybody's going to go with the in-house person. I don't know anything about Finley, so I'm like it might be the type of thing where it's like, yeah, we can't give it to him. Yeah. I would say also, I think Kazuchika Okada is beating Brian Danielson.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's the most likely outcome for this. So again, this has been pretty well built with the video packages leading up to it and Danielson's kind of added fuel to it in the sense that even though he won the previous match for Okada and he also won the tag team match followed it, he's basically saying that he's going out for revenge on Okada because even though he's won those matches, Okada's injured him both times. Well, at least that's the story they've got going into it. So, they said, this is the last year of my career and Okada's robbed me of several months of it because he broke my arm and he busted up my eye. So, so yeah, they, so basically Danielson's, almost feels like he's going into this as a guy looking to get the win back rather than the guy he won the previous one is coming into this, but he's going into her Okada. I think this hopefully will be a step up. I thought that still thought their match at Forbidden Door was a lot of fun, but hopefully I think this will be a step up from it being in the Tokyo Dome. This must be a great experience for Daniel said, I don't think he's ever wrestled in the Tokyo Dome before, or at least not on a Wrestle Kingdom show, so... This should be a, a great experience for him. Should be a great match, and yeah, Okada should get the victory here. And it should also be something that they use to fuel the continual like Danielson getting frustrated with himself and disappointed about like basically desperately trying to get a championship under his belt or get a big win under his belt before he retires. So, uh, but yeah, that's like. This is one of the matches that I'm most looking forward Well, probably actually the match that I'm most looking forward to on the entire show.
0: Which makes sense. Yeah. How about
1: your I arm? don't know,
2: man. Danielson doesn't slow the fuck down. And he'd be doing interviews like, my arm's still not healed. <laughs> it's like, you're because you're not fucking... St- stop. stop. Stop working so that you can have like, a good run and you'll get hurt again. I hope he doesn't get hurt again, first of all. In any match that he has from now until the end of time. But... It should be a damn good match. This is at a stage where they're going to want to steal it. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to, maybe even more than at Forbidden Door, they're going to want to steal the show. I think this might be the match, early contender for match of the year. And I think, honestly, it should go on last. I know that Okada said he'd be okay with a poll about it, but I think... uh, I think Naito might actually go ballistic if he lost another one of those. So, nope, they probably won't do that. But this this is the match tonight for a lot of people, I'm sure. Myself included. And Okada wins. All right, that's yeah. the main event. We don't have to talk about any other uh,
0: matches. <laughs> on this show. Well, Sonata is defending that world championship against Tetsuya Naito. And... You guys have been calling this a long time in the past about that it would just be like all right, Naito against Sonata, and I'm assuming that Naito wins, right?
1: Well, Callum yeah. called it. I was like,
2: "There's
1: no but- way they get. There's no way they're taking the Sonatas taking the world title to the Wrestle Kingdom main event."
2: Yeah, I just, I, you know, I had I had a hopes, but here we are, and Naito wins, but he doesn't have knees. So, like, can Naito win? I just, I want to get to the next era. I want to get to the next champion. I want to get to a new champion. I think I'd like to see Zack Sabre Jr. with that belt. I'd like to see Yota Suji climb the ranks. I have no interest in, really, either one of these two dudes being champion. I think Naito's best run was with the now-defunct IWGP IC title. And Sonata, I really liked at one point. And he's kind of just Let's put it this way. You wrestled Jack Perry at Forbidden Door. Jack Perry's been gone since All Out, and no one's really asked, hey, what's up with this guy? And I think it's the same thing for Sonata in the eyes of some people. He's champion, but do people care?
1: Yeah, it's been a very uh, deflating title reign. He hasn't really done anything of significance or no throughout the entire time as champion and they had him beat okada in a bit of a surprise result and he joined his own like became the leader of his own faction and that was supposed to catapult him to the next level and you know he just hasn't taken the ball and run with it as the way that people might have hoped or just seen a bit more intensity or fire or something different from him but he's just you know he's very he's very laid back and he's just kind of you know, he's not going to exert himself too much, which just doesn't really strike me as... Like, it could be, you could be a champion of other promotions like that, and you could be a more of a mid-tier champion in Japan with that and have that attitude, and that's totally fine. But to be a world champion, there's a certain standard, and I don't think that he lives up to it, particularly when it comes to match quality. I'm sure this match will be good, because they'll have fought it out for a while, and Naito always, despite how broken his body seemingly is at this stage of his career he always pulls it out in the biggest matches in the case with i mean it, it helps when you've got will osprey as a as a dance partner but when they had that uh the g1 uh climax final earlier this year night that was one of the best matches of the entire year especially for new japan uh yeah obviously that's basically what osprey does is give you your best match of the year pretty much for anybody but i'm sure night will bring that same intensity in this one it's whether sonata can kind of live up to naito's aura in this match because i I think naito's aura is going to be the thing that carries this match more than anything else and whether sonata can live up to that and if he can then i'm sure it'll be a good match and it will exceed people's expectations but just going into it it's like the flattest main event uh from any Wrestle Kingdom that I've seen since, like following New Japan more closely, so so yeah. But it's not one that I'm especially looking forward to. But we'll see if they. Can. But it's the one that has the best potential out of the ones that I'm not super excited about to prove me wrong. But yeah, Night no, is definitely winning. There's no, there's no chance of Sonata's retaining this one. <laughs>
0: well, of course, we will see what happens on pay per view. I was going to say pay-per-view night, but pay-per-view morning, I guess. I don't know if we're going to do anything as far as like a post-show type thing. We're not, it's sort of up in the air, but if it is, I mean, I
1: won't be watching it. I won't be watching it live. Cause I'll be at work that day. So yeah, I mean,
2: we'll
0: do True.
1: next
2: week on the hot tags. We'll give you our quick thoughts on wrestling.
0: Most likely that's what the setup's going to be. So stay tuned for all that. Let's move over to some other hot tags here. Let's talk about this 2023 NXT year end awards. And uh, these were things voted on by fans. They were only just a few categories, not as many categories or as awesome categories as the AEW and WWE end of the year awards and spark moment. But here are the winners of what was chosen for these different categories. Tag team of the year went to the Creed brothers, which is kind of interesting to me because they ended up spending a good portion of it. Not on NXT. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think like almost any of these were justified as the picks uh, female Superstar of the Year, Tiffany Stratton, probably the one that makes the most sense. Although I think that maybe Roxanne Perez could have potentially taken that. Male Superstar of the Year went to Ilya Dragunov. I don't know how it didn't go to Carmelo Hayes. That's a little strange to me.
2: You fell off pretty quickly and you know, you know it's what have you done for me lately in the minds of most fans.
1: Yeah, I'd also say that like Carmelo has been very quickly surplaced in even his own like tag team or his own affiliation with Trick Williams and Trick's the the bigger name out of the two of them now so yeah I think that's probably top of people's minds when they were voting and Dragunov I think has probably been the most consistent in terms of match quality this year in
0: NXT well he won match of the year Hayes against Dragunov and No Mercy and then uh, Undertaker arrives was the one for the moment of the year which I don't know I don't know if I'd necessarily go in that direction either but um, I think that's fine I feel like this was the worst year-end yeah, awards of NXT.
2: There was no like, look at these photos of people with their ring bells. And remember when Yannis I had like all of them and they had mm-hmm. old belts and that was such a cool fucking visual. And Gargano and Ciampa had like, NXT's gotten better than it was in September of 21. But I will never not miss the black and gold there.
0: Yeah. So I think that's overall just kind of one of those disappointing blah types of things that they put on TV this week. I've been thankful that they haven't been doing full shows and I don't have to watch as much. <laughs> like, I'm, Yeah,
2: it's super cool that like SmackDown ain't going to be shit tonight. Right. I'm so
0: there. looking forward to not watching SmackDown tonight. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But what I did have fun watching, here are two other hot tags, are the WWE live event that happened at Madison Square Garden and the yeah. iron claw movie so talk about those for a little bit so that uh that madison square garden event wasn't planned to go to that didn't even know that it was actually happening until uh, frank from E wrestling news was just like hey uh i'm going to that with a friend of mine do you want to go i was like "How do you not know they, cool? they
2: literally run the garden on december twenty sixth every year probably since i've like half my life
0: yeah News to me. <laughs> but this ended up being the most profitable non uh foreign house show that they've ever had. Which is crazy. And when we were there, I mean, it was packed. People were super excited about every little thing, especially for Sam Punk. But like, you know, I mean, we got Punk versus Dominic Mysterio, and he can kind of work his way through that a little bit it wasn't the best match in the world to be perfectly honest but you got to assume that that's just going to be the case but it was a fun show i ended up actually enjoying it a lot uh they had moments here and there for like every title from raw was defended except for gunters which by the way another hot tag congrats to Gunther and jenny on the oh, birth yeah. of their son that's awesome that and uh it was cool to be able to like fill in the blanks from uh what frank wasn't aware of about like oh listen to the pop that's gonna happen when cody comes out or like what his main takeaway out of everybody that had popped up which there was you know a couple different takeaways of things like uh like ricochet being really fun to watch or big bronson reed being big you know (laughs) but the number one person that he was like yeah this person's an absolute star for sure was Rhea Ripley, and she was about as over as you could get compared to everybody else. I would say more than likely the three people that got the biggest reaction throughout the night were Cody, Punk, and Rhea. And you know, Kofi got a good pop and everything like that, but it just goes to show like how popular Rhea Ripley is, and uh, it was a fun show, so yeah, you know, it's uh, another one I to add to have my more list.
2: Experiences like that, like. Being among legit casual fans. Because from my perspective, the only thing anybody was talking about from this show was people were going ballistic because they were chanting, you still got it at Punk. And people are like, how can they be so uneducated not to know that he was just competing in front of 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium? And it was that whole discussion of WWE fans... Aren't always, you know, your tapped in smart fans. In New York City you would think some of them might be, but you'd still have to expect, hey, people haven't seen CM Punk in years and maybe they're not watching AEW. Maybe everybody wrote off AEW like it was Impact. You know?
0: Well for what it's worth, the people that were behind me were absolutely huge CM Punk fans, and I overheard them talking about how they don't watch AEW and that they they stopped pretty much watching it once punk left and then they were like you know getting into like specifics about like oh i like a couple of the guys there powerhouse ops is good and like you know that kind of thing but they were pretty much just like yeah i don't watch that anymore and i'm sure that there's definitely some people that are like that i'm sure there's some people that are like oh punk's not there i'm gonna start watching (laughs) you know but The casuals and then the super, super dedicated people. It's fun to be around that because you can see people that are they're not too familiar and they're just sort of watching and being like, oh wow, this um this Ludwig Kaiser looks like a real asshole without really knowing anything about him. And then you got the other people that are like the dude that was in front of me, knew every single line of every single song and every like prompt that he could possibly do for a cheer. He had it ready to go, and you know, like he was As dedicated as you could possibly get. So it's cool to be around that kind of different environment and step outside that bubble a little bit. But I like that. And I like the iron claw. Now I thought about doing like an actual just full-blown movie review over on Fanboys Anonymous.com. Which by the way, if you don't know what that is, go over to Fanboys Anonymous.com, check out that website. But that ended up being something that I was just like, I'm too busy and I, I don't necessarily have that. So let me just put it on the hot tags. I'm not going to spoil anything. Although if you know the story, you know what happens kind of. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, Hey, by the way, the Titanic sank, but they, what? yeah, it's, um, the aliens came and they, they sank it. Uh, they do make changes to the story. One of the brothers isn't even in the movie, which is interesting but i'm not like a you know a scholar on the von eric story i knew bits and pieces and you know i was familiar with little things here and there but it was actually a legit solid movie and there's you know that sort of thing that happens with movies that are based off of pro wrestling or like any kind of topic like that where you might like it because it is about pro wrestling and then other movies are like well it's about pro wrestling but it sucks but you might like it anyway or something. But comparing this to something like the fighting with my family, this was way better. (laughs) And uh, I recommend it for anybody that's interested in checking it out, whether you are a pro wrestling fan, or even if you're not necessarily a big pro wrestling fan, I think it works just as a movie about just, you know, brothers and, and uh, emotionally abusive father and the tragedy that comes along with the Von Erich story. But uh, I liked it. Caroline liked it. Some really good performances from people in there. So, yeah, thumbs up. Check it out, everybody.
2: I've heard nothing but good things, which to me is shocking. Because I was just expecting the normal wrestling movie, you know, criticisms. But people love this movie. A lot of people cried at this movie. I hear nothing but like I was in tears. I was like a baby by the end of it. And yeah, I think. I think it'll be a good time. I haven't seen it yet, but I do plan on seeing it. Gallum, do you plan on seeing it? I know you're not a movie guy.
1: I'll probably check it out at some point, probably when it comes to kind of a digital platform to watch. I'm right probably not going to to watch it. Just wait till it, um, it arrives on a like Netflix or Prime or wherever it ends up going onto. Um, yeah, that's like, I've I've heard very positive things about it. The only thing that I've seen negative, well, the thing that consistently seen negatively talked about it is well, two details. One, the complete um, erasure of Chris von Eric from the movie, uh, which is one, which is like they only really focus on uh, David, uh, Kevin, and Kerry as the von Eric and Michael, and Chris, and, Ma- and Michael. Yeah, too. but. um but Chris is kind of completely swept under the rug mm-hmm. from it. So, so yeah, I've heard that that was a bit of an issue. And then the whoever uh, the guy they had playing Ric Flair.
0: Oh, the guy playing Ric Flair yeah, was yeah. terrible. Yeah, that's right. He just sucked. He didn't quite like, look t- the part. Watching, and yeah. you know, I mean, the hair was fine, but he didn't have the cadence down at all. Like the, it seemed like if somebody would have watch a rick flair promo and then be like but i'm gonna do my own twist on it rather than to actually do a rick flair impression he was not good
1: yeah so i'd I, I say that that one would only really affect people that watch wrestling more prominently <laughs> to check that one out but as i say, it, it seems to be something that can resonate both with wrestling fans and with just general fans and it did perform for, very well with the box office i think it was a was it number eight for the weekend. Um so, so yeah that's really good going for a wrestling movie.
0: I also for the first time ever watched The Condemned last night which is awful. But that's the know, whole reason I why I watched it. Watch yeah it's it's terrible but that was the reason why I watched it cuz it's like yeah let's well, watch a bad movie. Is it on Plex? It is on Plex. All right. So yeah you can check it out. <laughs> um let's move over to Let's say uh, this thing about NXT. So in the UK, they are on TNT Sports and they're being taken off of it. So obviously Callum understands this better than, than uh, Rob and I do. But have you heard about like that this is just up in the air until they sort out new deals? Or is there supposed to be something in mind for like people to be able to watch it in the meantime or something?
1: Well, the, the announcement is that it's going back to the WWE Network.
0: Oh, it's going to be part of that? Yeah.
1: So just it's just been taken off um, yeah TNT and it's just going back to back, being back to just be a pure network show.
0: Hmm. Well, you know what? In some ways, it's better like that. Obviously, they want to get the promotional money and the advertisements for the commercials and all, but I miss the era of NXT being a part of that. I think that that was better overall.
2: The one hour NXT on the network was the most fun, mm-hmm. bingeable show ever
0: ever in the history of shows
2: in the history of wrestling shows.
0: <laughs> as soon as the television was invented it was invented for this reason <laughs> that's right well that's one of those little side quest kind of hot tags another one here being some trademark news mercedes monet who yeah, there's more and more speculation is she going to be popping up at the royal rumble is she not she's teasing things left and right but she trademarked Three different things here. Monet talks, Monet where, and time is Monet. I hate the whole Monet thing and all, so I'm not a big fan, but I if she's trademarking more of that stuff, done. really the Monet thing?
2: Since leaving? Yeah, I think it's very catchy. And look at all the stupid puns. I thought you would love this. Look at the puns.
0: I hate the, uh, the theme song in particular the most. It just reminds um, me of something from like South Park.
2: It feels like, I think this is where you're going, that if she's trademarking these things, that she's probably not popping up at the Royal Rumble. Right. Um, You never know with her. That'd be my first thing. But I would think that she has more she wants to accomplish outside of that system.
0: Boozer on Twitter is teasing it a lot. And most of the stuff that these put out there has been right. So, I don't know. Something to pay attention to. But I highly doubt. That she's popping up at the Royal Rumble as Mercedes Monet. She would be Sasha Banks.
2: Or would she? Or would they be like, look, if that's what we need to do to get you back here, you can be Mercedes Monet.
0: I hope not. I think that would be a little strange. Plus, I just don't want to hear that stupid theme song. <laughs>
1: It's, it, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's hard to really tell. Maybe she's done doing these for more of a, a fashion line or something else associated with, outside of WWE. And say like she could just come back and negotiate into a deal that she's going to have these separate brand deals, and stuff going on.
0: She's going to be on Raw and SmackDown as a free agent. On Raw, she's Sasha Banks. On SmackDown, she's Mercedes Monet.
2: <laughs> I mean, if she wants, you know, Monet wear to be her fashion line and. And uh, what was it?
0: Time is Monet, and Monet talks.
2: Monet talks could easily be a podcast. Mm-hmm. And time, is, I don't know. Yeah,
0: clocks. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I was thinking watches, dude. designer watches. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's cool. Like, I think whatever she's doing, just get back in front of us because, like, in this industry, you're forgotten quickly. I guess. People like Punk are the exception to that, but like it feels like she hasn't done anything in forever.
0: So another hot tag here, outside of getting into predictions for TV stuff. Two people leaving AEW: Dana Massey, the wife of, I believe it's Matt Jackson, right? It is Matt
2: Jackson.
0: Who had been running like the merchandise and stuff, and Sean Spears are both going to be out of all elite wrestling and Spears had put something up about like, this is the right decision for my family or so, but that doesn't necessarily mean particularly like, okay, he's going to go to this company and that's why or something. But uh, I believe Dana Massey is going to be working for Barclays and this is her switch over is to do that, which, okay, cool for her. AW is making some changes here and there. Some of them, I'm sure they're going to have, growing pains and some of them are going to be just for the better and some of them are going to be for the worse but I'm not at all surprised to see Sean Spears leaving he just hasn't been utilized in like three years which is kind of crazy Yeah, he started out as like a big deal for like a few months and then they quickly just went Eh, never mind
2: I think it sucks because not not that I'm like mourning the loss in 2024 but the idea that The guy who came in, it really felt like, okay, he can be somebody that they spotlight and maybe fans can view him differently than, you know, they would have when he was Ty Dillinger. It very quickly went from he's in the semi-main of All Out to, all right, he's in the pinnacle, so he's kind of, you know, top mid-card heel, and then it was just nothing, which is a shame.
1: I think people would sell um uh, Sean Spears is running AEW short. I think that he has a ceiling. Like he's never he was never gonna be a top guy. Cause yeah, he's a he's a very solid wrestler, but there's a reason why he hasn't cl- never climbed the top of any other promotion he's been in, is because it's there's a certain disconnect there. He's better as a as a second or a henchman rather than on his own. And I think that like the best stuff that he did was attached to MJF and Wardlow. It's part of like being essentially the the evil henchman to MJF, like his like almost like assistant type of character, the the gateway into getting MJF with Wardlow being the more brick wall, he's the more cunning one. I thought the chairman stuff was good and him that his entrance was really unique and dynamic for the for that point in time, especially after like trying to move away completely from the whole 10 tie diligence thing to having that kind of, um, I don't know how you describe it. It's almost like singing in the rain type aspect of just like when the, the, just the spotlight on top of him and him just whistling while sitting on the chair and then going into his actual entrance. I thought, I thought that his overall contributions to AEW were a net positive and Maybe it wasn't what he envisioned when he first joined there, but I think overall he did plenty of good stuff for AEW. And, yeah, eventually you just you grow out and move on. He's towards the back end of his career. career now, you'd imagine. I imagine he'll focus potentially more on training unless he decides that he wants a shot at a more prominent position on a card somewhere, in which case I'm sure TNA would be more than happy to take him on. Yep.
2: Um
0: Is
1: that where you no,
0: guys think be- he's going to go?
2: Oh, I, I think he'll probably just be a, a performance center trainer.
0: That's where I was kind of thinking.
1: I mean, I'd like to see him in. like give, give him one uh, other shot on TNA because I think that he could be positioned towards not exactly main event status, but he could definitely be a high, a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond there. Um, I wouldn't like to see him just hanging up completely because I think he still has a lot to offer as a performer as well as like just a backstage trainer.
2: Well, I agree, but I also feel the same way about Breeze, who has seemed to largely just focus on that side of things.
1: Yeah, other... Breeze has Breeze has like he's still like got up, up, down, down, and all the other stuff associated yeah, with true. that as well. So, I think as I say, it just depends on what a uh, priority is because. Um, but I don't know if we have got this list down the whole text. I don't know if we ever discussed it. But like, Cassie Lee's gonna have that's have another baby.
2: Yeah, shout know. out to them. They're gonna yeah. have a second child. And shout out to uh, Billy Kay, Jessica McKay, for the birth of her son as well. You know,
0: look at that. That's awesome. Beautiful
1: things. So, so yeah, so maybe the financial security that comes with being a performance center trainer will be good. But maybe he still wants to try it out. I'd say I don't want to. I don't want him to feel like just because he's no longer an AEW that he there, there's there's a lot of other opportunities out there, especially with the money that uh, TNA has been uh, pushing out there for certain people. They might be they might be opening him for their for him for him there essentially. So
0: w- any more um, speculation on that hard to kill uh, signing?
1: No,
2: because Impact next week they're just going to do a best of TNA. The week after that, they're probably just going to do a, a hard to kill preview. So we're just literally waiting for this thing to start. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. Sean Spears would be a great addition. Be a cool way to kind of get some of your investment too. Because the uh, I was going to call them the Acclaimed. That's not their name. The Iconics, the inspiration were with DNA you know, or Impact, and they just decided. That they wanted to step away from wrestling for a while. It's clearly worked out well for them. They're both focusing on their families. But it'd be nice to see more of them down the line.
1: I think, uh, just switch it 15 note to the Dana Massey one. But that one is fairly interesting because it was reported that she was offered a new contract with AEW. But uh, turned it down. And is essentially gonna move over to Barclays as she mentioned, but I think the other thing that's reported in the Observer Newsletter is that she felt that she had felt that her husband, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, hadn't been defended properly by the company in the light of the brawl out situation. So it's the idea of maybe that would have been a sticking point for her in potentially saying I'm going to move away from this company, the, com- the company now because I don't feel like you adequately s- stood up for essentially your EVPs in this whole situation and allowed the narrative to spiral. Well, you basically didn't take a stance on the narrative and so allowed it to, the narrative to just go in multiple different directions where you basically got just a camp of people on online that are fully supporting the elite and the camp of people that are fully supporting CM Punk and so, you allowed. they uh, the, say so that was just the the story in the newsletter is saying that it allowed a, a certain section of the fan base to vilify the Bucks as the the main uh, the main antagonist of this situation. So she probably wasn't particularly pleased if that is if that turns out to be accurate. But then there's also the argument that I think a lot of, I've, I mentioned it, and I think other people mentioned it in the past that AEW's merchandising has been atrocious. Yeah. yeah in her tenure as the company because they essentially that you hear these stories all the time of you go to an AEW show and they've got like three shirts on sale for the same guys and they run out of stock immediately um so hopefully whoever they do bring in to replace her has a bit more of a maybe this could be a positive even if it wasn't their intention it could be something that helps them grow in a more uh considerable way
0: Hopefully they get somebody to fix that website too. That's a pain in the ass.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they'd be involved in that. So okay,
2: she's not. I, I was confused. She's not going to Barclays. Rafael oh, Raphael Murphy, who was oh that the, the other guy, uh, the, the vice Fly president Phoenix, of live yeah. events and touring, is going to the Barclays.
0: Oh, it's not Massey.
2: No, it's not because like I don't think Dana was doing heavy stuff in that field prior to this. But that'd be crazy if she was. Um, yeah, so I
0: read the report wrong then.
2: I think that there's there's something to be said for the idea, and I know the, the whole fucking feeling thing has been way overplayed already, but it is something to be said that Dana was in the early conversations. Brandy, Cody, there is a lot of that, like, yes, these growing pains are going to happen, but I don't know if people expected a lot of the complete shedding of the people who are on the ground floor as there kind of has been to me, at least it feels like the bucks have completely settled into a role of we're wrestlers and we're going to have fun doing wrestling. And that's it. I, I think Kenny's still working with women when he can, but I think that's a huge move in the sense that she was there from the start. Again, I hope that the reports of her feeling let down by the company are untrue, only in that, hey, man, the, the whole family aspect of it was a lot of what helped the company grow from the beginning. But maybe let's keep an eye on that KTV Wrestling hey, Hmm.
0: Could be a backup plan to just get out there and do some stuff on their own and maybe uh, flex their EVP kind of stuff there if they can't do it in AEW. So. I'm more suspicious of that than I ever was now that this happened. we will say that. Let's round out our hot tags this week, though, with our predictions and thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, whatever it might be for this New Year's Knockouts week that uh, WWE is putting on. They got special episodes of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, and they got some other stuff, too, but really, none of that stuff matters. But
2: well, one of them might. Which one? There is a live... They're making a point to be like, we're going to do a live preview on Peacock for 2024. And I'm like, why? Hey, why Why are you doing that? What do you have planned for a live preview for 2024? That'll be on Thursday, I believe. So maybe, yeah, you know, maybe we'll do something crazy like and Brock declares for the Royal Rumble or just something noteworthy.
0: Maybe it they'll announce some pay-per-views coming up. You we're know, coming up this year in 2024. We're going to bring back that King and Queen of the Ring tournament or something. They should announce something. Because if, if the preview special is just basically, remember, Royal Rumble's coming up in a few weeks, is coming up, and that's about it and stuff, that'll be really disappointing. But I'm not going to bother to watch it. I'm going to leave that up to other people to watch it and say, this is the interesting thing that happened on there, so uh, Rob, you're gonna have you to do. Just say you hate it. me. Just say you hate me. How about no, You're gonna have to I, watch it.
2: One thing I am super excited for is Day One, New Year's Evil, and SmackDown New Year's Revolution, because first of all, I am fully on board with yeah. You have five hours of content weekly, and that's just your main roster shows. Yeah, make them more must see.
0: Mhm. Whenever feels- they use these trademarks it makes it seem like it's going to be a bigger deal. So why not? It's on January 1st. Call it Raw Day 1. It's exactly what they should be doing.
2: Huge fan of all that.
0: So the lineup right now for Day 1. Becky Lynch against Nia Jax, Rhea Ripley is going to defend the Women's World Title against Ivy Nile. Seth Rollins is going to defend the world heavyweight title against Drew McIntyre. And then there's a number one contenders tag team title match uh, or tag match to, to determine the number one contenders for the titles. Tegan Ox and Natty against Zoe and Shayna. I'm assuming that Becky beats Nia or it's like a no DQ or it's a no contest disqualification type thing. And they will probably just continue to feud over the next couple of weeks and stuff. I think it ultimately doesn't matter who wins the number one contenders match because Katana Chance and Caden Carter are just holding that for damage control. So flip a coin on that one. And probably both titles stay where they are because I think that Ivy's got no chance of beating Rhea. That's just obvious. But I think Sami Zayn's going to screw over Drew McIntyre.
2: Did Rhea work against Ivy at the house show you went to?
0: It was Rhea, Ivy, and Shayna in a triple threat.
2: Nice. I I saw some footage of Ivy and Rhea. They have a fun dynamic. I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to all of it, but more than anything, uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select just reported that WWE is looking to add to their day one edition of Raw, saying that while sources within WWE had claimed that the company is on the one-yard line and landing landing a former WWE champion to appear on the show... And they feel confident they can get it done. The noting was specifically former WWE champion and it was was said that it's somebody not currently on the roster but it wasn't said whether or not the talent was like active or retired. So it could be
0: like a legend like Taker. For instance. Or Goldberg. Um, He's complaining a lot.
2: (laughs) Goldberg is Actively talking about, they didn't give me my final match. Problem with that is, I don't want to see Goldberg versus Seth Rollins.
0: Yeah, neither do I. <laughs>
2: um, I got two ideas for this. Either Rollins beats Drew clean and it's Rollins Brock at the Rumble, or I think Big E is bad.
0: Hmm. That be a hole. I'd be down for that.
2: Again, I I okay, specify. If you don't know by now, I don't have sources. No, just because Sean reported doesn't mean I know. That's just me having fun. But what do you think, Calum? Um,
1: it's hard for me to be interested. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it'd be cool to have the Biggie back in some capacity if he is healthy. That's probably the main. That's probably the, the that there's just it's my it's the main like just hope thing with that. Yeah, that's Above where I'm else. going with it. So I, I mean yeah yeah, so beyond that it's hard to find anything that's like particularly intriguing in that regard because again, it's like unless there's a new signing or there's like someone they're bringing up from NXT to make it a bit more interesting, I'm not sure, but like a B return would be great. Say former champion
2: and specifically say former WWE champion. Like um, unless it's you know, oh, Brock, John, maybe. I mean, but they, they could be, like, any time.
0: number of things. Like, they could just be like, hey, Kurt Angle's backstage.
1: Yeah.
0: And then it's just, like, kind of one of those, oh, okay. Kind if Kurt Angle's it. backstage, they're going
1: to do the main one,
2: though. <laughs> oh, God,
1: yeah, they Probably. sure are. <laughs> those, those are funny, though.
2: um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I get the vibe that if it wasn't someone directly... Going to impact story that maybe there wouldn't be a report like this. It would just sort of be, hey, they're bringing in some fun names, you know. But I guess we'll see.
1: I mean, WWE champion is also could be kind of a vague thing because that is true. Yeah, because they could do... be it could be a WWE champion is like, hey, it's a former light heavyweight European champion. <laughs> <Champions>, fuck <laughs> you, like yeah. So so yeah, there's oh. a lot. Of, there's I a lot mean. Potential for it.
2: I, I guess I skipped over it because it's Raw. they it it could mean The Rock.
0: Yeah, I mean, could be.
2: I just don't think I want to see The Rock do anything anymore.
1: Which, um, my argument against The Rock would be a case of surely we'd know, know it's The Rock at this point if that was the case. Like the fact yeah. that they're going like, it's a former WWE champion to appear at the show and they would try to be a bit more subtle about it.
2: My guess but, is, my supreme guess is Brock and he either declares for the Rumble or declares he's going to fight Seth at the Rumble. But I'm emotionally hoping that he lengths his back.
0: I can see the Brock thing and just being like, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. Because I do think that he's going to eliminate Gunter and then set that match up.
2: But I, I, I think that's that's also where I see things going for Brock and
0: The lineup for NXT New Year's Evil right now, uh, I think that Fallon Henley is going to beat Tiffany Stratton. This is apparently a setup where the stipulation is whoever loses has to be like the servant of the other one. So it makes more sense to me that they would film Stratton being like, ew, the ranch is gross, rather than Henley being Stratton's servant. You know what I mean?
2: But I can see... There's an interesting thing with Hamley being Stratton's servant in the sense that she could end up enjoying the finer things.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, like, that would be a fun little spin on it. But no, I think Shawn Michaels, even though it's never really been talked about, I'm starting to believe with all these vignettes and stuff that he must have really liked World Class and the Von Erics. And this is something they did where I think it was uh, Jimmy Garvin had to be Kevin's ranch servant. And I I see it going in that direction.
0: There's the final of the breakout tournament, Riley Osborne against Obafemi. And we talked about this before, still kind of the same opinion. They might do a story where like Fia Hale ruins it for Osborne, or like they're supposed to take a dive for Chase University with this debt story. If it's just straight up, I think Osborne wins. But if they want to tell that kind of like, oh, it's a shame that you know Chase University's woes are bleeding into that, then the only way to do that is Obafemi
1: winning.
2: Calum, are you an Obafeminist? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The uh, the same people who tried to dub themselves. The registered Lex offenders are now saying <laughs> that if you're a fan of Oba Femi, you're an Oba feminist. <laughs> 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 Look, I think Riley Osborne wins, but people do like Oba People aren't digging it.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, either order, they're both baby faces. It's hard to root for one over the other. But I think I'll go to Osborne game the win.
0: There's Roxanne against Ariana Grace. Roxanne just wins. Um, I think both titles are staying where they are. I think Lyra is going to retain over Blair, and off is going to retain over Trick do something that Carmelo Hayes does. Yeah.
2: I really want Blair to win.
0: I'd be I'd fine really, with it. I'd, yeah.
2: But it's like, they seem intent, finally on being like, Cora Jade is next in line. Yeah. So, maybe Davenport slips on a banana peel here, <laughs> enters the Rumble? Like, I... To me, B Priestley is very good and should just go wrestle where wrestlers can wrestle good.
0: And then the—I mean, I, there's actually one more match on New Year's Evil. It's uh, No Quarter Catch Crew against the Latino World Order.
2: Are we officially labeling? Uh, I was going to call him though. Dragon Lee as the <laughs> as member of the LWO.
0: Okay. He's like by proxy. Like they he doesn't come out with them, but he continues to be like an ally. So it's like, yeah, he's part of it.
2: I'm sure they're gonna win because they're on SmackDown.
0: I don't know. See, I could see somebody like Delta Worrow or Joaquin Wild getting pinned to set up one of the no quarter catch crew against Dragon Lee.
2: I like the No Quarter Catch crew and I just hope that they're around more. I think that this is setting up and make sure that Gulak has something to do when WrestleMania is in Philly. Not that he'll be on Mania, but he'll be on
0: Standard Deliver. Like
2: Standard Deliver, yeah.
0: Could be. Maybe this is how they get around to it. I mean, it's still plenty of time, but yeah. Um, SmackDown also is special. It's New Year's Revolution. Pretty cool that they're Maybe. reusing that. Santos Escobar against Kevin Owens for that U.S. title match. I think Owens is pretty soundly gonna win this right you yep. guys agree
2: owens and uh logan paul at the rumble is gonna be something
0: yeah that's a good match to get them on the card and you know add to the royal rumble lineup and all i think it's a good idea eo is going to definitely retain the women's title over Mechin. sorry man well, that's mean <laughs> <laughs> it's no chance whatsoever that mitchin's winning that pretty deadly is going to go up against butch and a tag team partner which if it's not Tyler Bate, who the hell is it going to be? Sheamus? Maybe?
2: I'm going Tyler Bate, but I can see it maybe being Sheamus. But I think the fact that they didn't just say Sheamus makes me think Tyler
0: Bate. Yeah, me too. And then we got that triple threat to determine who fights Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. It's LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. And I'm assuming Randy Orton wins. Knight already I had his like- match. Styles is like kind of turning heel, so I could see like Styles and Knight feuding after this and Gordon going for Reigns
2: I feel like Randy is the obvious pick here but I'm going to say don't sleep on AJ he's probably my number two pick and and Knight's not winning Knight will go in the Royal Rumble and everybody will be like yeah and we <laughs> would be like that'll be great
0: and then that's it there's the hot tags for the week everyone so all right. tell us what you think what you agree with what you disagree with all that good stuff uh we were going to potentially do the end of the year recap stuff for this but this one's gone on for two hours almost and i've got almost no energy so <laughs> i think that we're going to hold that off a little bit but that means that you just get an extra few days to vote on that fan feedback survey so go over to that form you can find it on the uh sidebar of smart Out moment right now fill that out let us know what you think we should be you know tweaking going forward in 2024 pay attention to all the stuff that we are covering for these next few episodes. You know, we got the, uh, AEW worlds End pay-per-view point tomorrow. We've got the whole week worth of the TV show stuff, New Year's knockout week. I don't know what kind of big surprises we're going to get, but we'll talk about them on the next hot tags. And we'll also be doing the one to watch next week. So stay tuned for that too. But, uh, in the meantime, keep in mind all of the, things you should be following liking sharing subscribing to and all that you can find them on amangotree.com and you can find me at tony mango is a good portion of a lot of those follow rapid callum too while you're at it
2: yep follow me everywhere at dude police and you know find my work on fightful it's been a great year i think nope we saw the pay-per-view point okay
1: (laughs) callum go ahead uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmaster14, check out the power rankings over on smartcamo.com, where it'll be the final one of the of the year, and you can see where the uh, Superstars are being ranked as we head into 2024, and then you also can check out the Fantasy League, also at www.fantasyleague.com to see how our teams are performing, how many points we're picking up in, as we head into the new year, and only a few months away from crowning the, the champion for this season.
0: Me? <laughs> now you're still in the lead so um it's close now oh it is nice um,
1: hey, I'm fine with <laughs>
0: that's what's close about it yeah all right everybody 6 30 in the books we got that one more pay-per-view point coming up and then uh it'll be in the new year so stay tuned we'll see you then thanks for listening adios this has been another Smarkout moment and we are being counted out